no, I'm not taking the Cole Tucker September surge seriously either, but there is something about it that I think is worth stressing as a positive. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. Pirates 6, Phillies nothing. Yesterday at Citizens Bank Park only serves to further prove how much the Pirates hate sweeps because they don't like getting swept either, apparently. No, seriously, it was a good overall pitching performance in a series that saw precious little of that, in particular by Max Cranick putting up five zeros and looking a lot like the kid that made that wild, perfect debut in St. Louis earlier this summer. Great way to finish up for him if, in fact, that is the last time he takes the mound. We'll see about that in the week to come. This was supposed to be the end of the season-long 10-game road trip through Miami, Cincinnati, and then Philadelphia, but because of the rainout last week at Great American Ballpark, the Pirates have to go right back there today, which is actually kind of stupid for a 1.10 p.m. makeup. And when I say it's stupid, it's because the Reds and the Pirates could have just played a doubleheader at PNC Park this coming weekend. You got to have common sense apply once in a while. I know the Reds were in a playoff race. You don't want to lose home field advantage. Fact is, Reds don't really have a home field advantage because nobody goes to their games. And the Pirates don't have a home field advantage because nobody goes to their games. So they could have just said, whatever, whatever. Anyway, Cole Tucker leads off the game. And by that, I mean very first pitch off some 23-year-old newbie that Philadelphia was forced to send out there named Hans Kraus. And Tucker homered. Very first pitch. There it went. Boom. Now, now, listen to Tucker tell the story. Uh, I was talking a lot of smack. I was like, we're going to, we're going to, like, I don't, I don't know what I was saying or if it's cool to say, but I was like, we're going to send this shit into the, like, whatever. It's his first pitch in the big leagues, you know. Um, but, like, that was definitely the thought and the idea. And to, to do it, I mean, we lead off all the time and you don't always hit a homer. But when you actually do, you're like, yes, now you see what I'm talking about. And when I got back to the dugout, it was just kind of pandemonium. And all the guys were like, you were saying that. You were like, da, da, da. So that was fun. But, um, I mean, good luck to that kid and everything he does. But it was cool to kind of rough him up there early today. See, this is why. This is why it's tough to part with this kid. It's not that he's got this magnetic personality he does it's not that he has people around him constantly gravitating toward him he does it's not that he makes you feel like you're his best friend in the whole world he does that too it's that this whole organization including even now in pittsburgh could use a little more of that swag you know, a little more of that that attitude, that kind of approach where you start believing in yourself and yourselves collectively. And it's never too soon to foster that. Yes, of course, ultimately, talent is what matters. And the only winning that matters is the kind we just saw the Bradenton Marauders do jumping up and down to celebrate their Class A championship over the weekend with a lot of players who are seen as legit prospects to arrive in Pittsburgh someday. That's cool. 
Same goes for the Greensboro Grasshoppers, the other Class A affiliate. You want to see these teams win, and you want to see the players on those teams push each other to compete with each other in a healthy way. That's something Ben Charrington talked about, actually, the day he was hired. That one of the things that he liked most about flooding a system with prospects, about having almost too many prospects at a given level, was that even though they won't all make it, even though you might not be able to keep them all or to protect them all, they still come with advantages because they make the prospects, the other prospects that you have, better. Because they all want to be the opening day starter or the cleanup hitter or the player who fits at this position or that position, which is their preference. And they'll try, they'll focus, and they'll grow up that much more quickly. And along the way, they're going to win something. And by the time they get to Pittsburgh, and I remember this with the members of the the Altoona Curves Championship about a decade ago, when they finally made it here, when they finally started getting individual recalls, each of them earning a promotion, they would all talk about, yeah, we understand what's happened here in Pittsburgh, but we have done nothing but win. You know, me, the pitcher, who was some high draft pick a long time ago, I've done nothing but win. I won in high school. I won in pony ball. I won in college. I won all through the minor league system. That's all I know. I'm not going to be infected by something on my way up. And then that swag, that attitude, that approach starts making its way into the clubhouse. You know what's fun is when you get these occasional anniversary reminders on social media. I've gotten a handful of in the past week alone about how this was the day that Justin Morneau made that flip to Russell Martin behind the plate that put the Pirates into the playoffs. Remember that? Jason Grilly and everybody else just totally losing their minds. I've seen the one where the Pirates end their 20-year losing streak and there's Andrew McCutcheon in center field. He just raises both arms up to the sky. Do you remember that? <laughs> as only Kutch would do. It's fantastic. And then we saw, and we're going to see as we get closer to it again, Johnny Cueto dropping the ball and, and everything else. This is just from the recent run. I'm not even getting into the more distant past. When you see these things and you see some of the attitude and the approach, yes, all of it was preceded by talent. I'm not being a dummy here. But you do want and need some of that, and I believe that it can help nurture it along. I'm going to repeat this. Tucker has to show a lot more than a month of decent hitting, and that's what it's been. It's been a month of decent hitting. But I love what he brings. I really do. And whether that's coming from him or from someone else, I feel like it's a valuable thing to have. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. That's brought to you always on this program by our friends at the North Shore Tavern, directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. Open for your business all the time. I always feel like this is important to point out to people uh, who ask me about North Shore Tavern or Mike's Beer Bar since they've been partners with us for a long time. They think of the businesses, including the eateries on Federal Street, as just being open whenever there's a ball game. It is not true. That's the way it used to be 
with a lot of the places down there. It's not anymore. These are year-round, full-time establishments. North Shore Tavern is home to Steak on a Stone. It's home to the planet's best baseball environment. But it's not going away after the coming week. They'll be there and eager for your business going all the way through the winter. Today's J1Q comes from Renee, who asks, Is there any way Oscar Marine survives this offseason? I'm struggling to come up with a reason to keep him. You know, Renee, I give you credit. These types of questions usually come my way after the Pirates get completely slaughtered. So you could have sent this over pretty much any of the other games the Pirates played in Philadelphia, but you did so after a combined shutout in which a young pitcher, Max Kranick, did really, really well. And other pitchers followed suit, obviously. I'll answer your question two ways. One is Oscar Marine will be back. His job is not in jeopardy in any way. He is their guy. Doesn't mean he'll be their guy forever. He is their guy now. They have patterned and built their entire pitching instructional mechanism up and down the organization on his principles, on his plan. This is not similar to firing Rick Eckstein, who was one of the few coaches that was held over from the Clint Hurdle staff, along with Joey Cora, Justin Message. Marine has not gotten results. He does not get a passing grade from me, not that I matter, because I have not seen enough or anywhere near enough of what was on display yesterday, meaning players, young players, getting better. As I asked recently on this show, name me one pitcher where you've seen progress, where you could say, oh yeah, that's somebody they've really made better. Probably the best example is of someone who's not here anymore, and that's Clay Holmes. I know a lot of people mistakenly think that Holmes went to the Yankees and all of a sudden got good. It's not true. They made a switch here in Pittsburgh with Holmes shortly before the trade that greatly raised his value. That's why Charrington was able to do as well as he did in that deal with Brian Cashman because the Yankees saw what was going on with Holmes and they reacted accordingly. The Yankees didn't fix Clay Holmes. Oscar Marine and his staff did. I still give Marine a great big fat F for 2021. And I need to see a heck of a lot more. But for right now, they don't, and he will be back. I appreciate the question, Renee, and I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. Let's do another one tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>